So a reminder that one of the things we are feeling God asking us to do as we share Jesus with people, you know, we talked about that last week, it's, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about how your story is so powerful, right? And so that's why we decided to read the story of Christ and in the story of the early church, and then hopefully become equipped as we go to share our story and what God's done in our lives with other people. Um, even like last night, we had some friends over, and uh, we just start sharing things that we wanted that were on our hearts, or like, hey, what, do you, what would, could you do if you could do anything? We all shared. And it was so cool how like God comes out in our stories, right? Like, I got to share my faith just because I'm sharing what God's doing in my life, right? So that's a big thing. So one of the things we're going to talk about is, uh, today is we're going to talk about uh, one of Jesus' stories that he tells. Jesus told parables. Um, how many of you uh, grew up on farms? Anyone grow up on a farm? Farm living is life for me? Wow, country folk. Yeah, wow. City, city slickers around here, huh? Uh, I grew up not on a farm, but my dad's a veterinarian, and so we, had, we were more around ranching. But uh, whenever we would like drive through the fields of North Dakota, which is 98% of North Dakota, it's, uh, I'd, there'd be these fields and I'd be like, hey dad, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's wheat over there. I'm like, okay, cool. And then we'd drive a little more. What's that? Oh, that's soybeans. I'm like, okay, cool. What's that? Flax, okay, barley, and all these things. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure it out now. What is what? So I'm like, that right there is barley. He's like, nope, flax. Okay, <laughs> this over here, soybeans. No, not even close. That's corn. Okay, shoot. <laughs> and uh, I was just so terrible at figuring out what, what, uh, what was going on in, that, in, the, in the field. I'm like, I think that's corn and sunflowers. I can see those. Those are easy. I can do that. Um, but one of the things that's so cool about the early church and in Jesus' time is it was a very agrarian uh, society, right? Agri agriculture was like a huge part of their culture. And most people were farmers or they were or they had livestock or livestocks. They had multiple livestocks. Um, or they, you know, they were, Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus' dad was a carpenter. Um, they were, Paul was a tent maker. So there was a lot of trades, a lot of hands-on work, but a lot, of, a lot of farming in the culture. And so when Jesus teaches, he teaches about farming quite a bit. He teaches about the soil. We talked about the sower and the seed a couple weeks ago. Today we're going to talk about what the parable of the wheat and the tares. So everyone has a Bible, right? On their phones. All right, Matthew 13 Take a look at Matthew 13. So, so a couple weeks ago, we talked about the sower and the seed. So just turn to Matthew 13, go to 24. I'll reread the sower and the seed. And this is when Jesus starts, just starts, he's telling parables. And this is, in this chapter 13 of Matthew is where he actually explains some of his parables. In the other places of the scripture, he doesn't. He's like, well, here it is. Figure it out, right? Those who have ears, let him, let him hear, is what he says. So this, this is what we read a couple weeks ago, the sower and the seed, in verse 3. And, with, and he told them many things in parables, saying, The sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured it, and some seeds, other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since there was no root, they withered away. So other seeds fell on thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them, and other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let them hear. So Jesus relates that story to the heart, right? Like each, each path or each where the, where, the, where the seed falls is a part of your heart. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about is your heart rocky ground? Is it, has it been hardened? Or is it good soil where God can grow, okay? So, so he does the sower and the seed story, and then he explains it, and then he goes and he tells another, like, uh, agricultural story, okay? So this is in verse 24, and this is what we're talking about more today. 
And he put another parable before them, saying, and so when you have two things, two areas of scripture close together that kind of relate, they're probably related, right? Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. And so if they're talking about seed and, and soil here, and then like later in the conversation, he's talking about that today, there's probably a connection. That's a little, little way of telling what God's saying in the scripture. So he says, he put another parable before them, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. So Jesus is now talking about the kingdom. Hey, this kingdom that I'm building, this kingdom that you and I are a part of right now because of Christ, the coming and dying, and now he is resurrected and he is the king and we live in the kingdom and our job right as we connect the community to christ is to bring heaven to earth the kingdom of heaven we get to bring to earth in our lives and we get a little slice of heaven on earth right we get to experience that we get to bring that into other people's lives so he's saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like so when you read that you're like this is how my life should look this is how it should look in my world because i'm not part of a democracy or republic we might do that in the natural but i'm a part of the kingdom right he says this, it can be compared to someone who sows good seed. So the soil, at first, in the first story, it's the good soil. But now, now he's sowing good seed. And then this man comes and he throws weeds or tares is what the original word is. And tares were these wheat-like weeds. Okay, Tares weren't just like quack grass or like you're like, oh, that's a weed. Is it quack? Quack? Crack grass? Crab grass? <laughs> Crab grass? Crack, quack, whatever. You all didn't know. It wasn't like a distinguish, <laughs> distinguish, wow. It wasn't a weed that you'd be like, oh, that's a weed, this isn't, right? Like in our, when, when we moved into our house, there, we don't know anything about plants, and so we're like, I think that's a weed, I think that's not, I have no idea, right? But this is, it was kind of like that. Tares are basically weeds that look just like wheat when they're growing. They look just like wheat till the point where they start to produce the grain. So they start to produce what they're trying to produce. So in, when something starts to grow, you might not even know. Like, look at all this beautiful wheat. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, shoot, this is not wheat, right? I think I have a picture. Oh, there it is. So you see the, the, gra- the wheat on that side and the tares on that side? The wheat, see the, the amount of fruit on that side or the grain and then the kind of disjointed growth on the, of the tares? Okay, so that's what he's talking about. It's not just like, well, this is obvious. There's weeds everywhere. It's like for a long time, you had no clue there was weeds until they started to produce fruit, and you're like, oh yeah, that's not wheat. Quack grass. <laughs> so whenever, whenever, whenever you start falling asleep, I'm just going to say that, and it just... All right. Uh, verse, next verse. So the servant said to him, then what do you want us to do? So an enemy came, sowed these, and until it, it, it bore, bore grain, they couldn't tell what was going on. So he said, what should we do? They said, what, should we go and gather them up? And the master said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. But, let, but both, let both grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest, I will tell the reapers, gather the wheat first and bind them into bundles to be, the, the weeds first and, and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So the master, the, 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 the servants are like, oh my gosh, should we pull all the weeds out? It's like, no, 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 just wait till the harvest, wait till it's ready. We'll cut them all out and then we'll separate it. 
and the tares or the weeds will burn, and then the, the, the wheat, that, which is what we want, we're going to put it into bundles, and we're going to put it in the barn. So then Jesus goes, and they say, hey, would you tell us what that one means too? Like you told us before, well, let's see if we can go two for two today, right? Verse 36, then when the crowds left and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, explain this parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Jesus sows in the lives of his people, and, and we as his servants, we as his ambassadors are the one who sow seed, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Like, it's not our job to change the hearts of people, right? That's God's job. It's my job to sow seed, right? And when I sow seed, I sow good seed. I sow the gospel. I sow the good news of Christ. The field is the world, he says, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom, and the weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil, that's how you have to say it. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin, which is exciting, and all lawlessness or lawbreakers, which is good, and he'll throw them into the fiery, fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like a sun in the kingdom of their father, which is like the greatest sentence, right? And the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And then he ends it the same way. He who has ears, let them hear. Okay, so he's saying, this is not, so the sower and the seed has to do with today, right? We're sowing seed, it's hearts, it's, it's whatever. The, the weeds and the, ta- the wheat and the tares has to do with, really the ultimate is, is about eternity, right? Like we're not, at the end of time, we talked about this about a month ago, right? There'll be, there'll be a judgment of all people, right? And we'll make an account for what we did. And those in Christ will get to be, shine like the sun in the glory of their father, right? And those who are outside of Christ, who have rejected Christ, not with their knowledge and their knowingly rejected Christ, will be rejected from Christ and they'll be separated from God forever, right? So it's about judgment. That's not good news, Right? So this parable is interesting because it has to do with eternity, but it has to do with today because he wouldn't say that the kingdom of God is like something's going to happen a long time ago, so don't worry about it, right? This is what the kingdom of God looks like. So here's a couple of thoughts on this, on this uh, parable. Are we doing all right? Quack grass? <laughs> when, with, with these parables, as you read these parables, you're going to be like, what the heck? You should. You should be like, what does that mean? Why, why, does that mean what I think it means? Does it not? Is that, is this good? Is this bad? This seems mean. Like, there's a ton of depth and mystery to the parables of Christ, right? Go read the parable of the talents or, or the virgins and the lighting the oil of the lamps. Like, that stuff is, has a lot to it. So, the, so the, the, these parables have a lot to them, but I'm going to pull out just three things that I think relate to our lives. So, the kingdom is like this. Okay, this is what the kingdom is like. The first thing is that perfection is found in heaven, Okay? The master did not go, oh my gosh, there's tears in there. What do we do? Right? The, t- the master did not freak out like, what? I did this field. It was great. And then, oh no, what are we going to do? Oh gosh. Right? The master's like, oh yeah, it's okay. We got this. Because the master knows, the father knows that perfection is reserved for heaven. And I know in our lives, and maybe as like, you know, I grew up very uh, conservative, evangelical, Midwesterner, so we kind of thought, thought, if I'm a Christian, everything's going to be perfect, right? And then five minutes into that, I'm like, that's not true, 
right? Or we were taught this, if you do this, it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever done. And then they never say, this is going to be so hard, though. They never say, like, man, this is going to be work, and it's gonna be, but it's going to be so rewarding, right? And I think we've bought into the lie sometimes that, that, that this life needs to be perfection, right? And, and some of us people who deal with control, anybody? Don't raise your hands, okay. Um, we, can, we, can, we can get caught up in this. Everything's great, everything's perfect. My kids are behaving, this is awesome. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. And all of a sudden, something goes wrong. And you're like, God, where are you? And he's like, I never promised perfection. He wasn't surprised that the enemy did this. Father didn't freak out. He didn't say, go quick right away and fix it. Go, 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 right now, right now. Middle of the night, fix it. He said, it's all right. We'll wait till the harvest, we'll take care of it. And some things in our lives, and this can be hard to, to grasp, Sometimes the resolution of the things we're struggling with is heaven. Sometimes the resolution and, and maybe the, the, the thing that we've been praying for is, is going to be heaven. And I think that's enough sometimes, right? I mean, God does miracles. He does all sorts of things. We'll talk about that in a second. But I think he's reminding us, listen, the kingdom of heaven's like this. You, you can't, you're you're going to plant, you're going to do your best, but then it's going to be weeds, man. It's Okay doesn't mean that the weed isn't good or it's not going to produce good fruit or it's not going to do things that you want to do. It just means that it's okay. Like, this is how life goes. That might be hard for you. We live in a culture right now that really wants to make everything perfect, right? We want to protect our little perfect world and we want to kind of make sure that nothing kind of seeps in and just be, ugh. And Jesus is like, you know, yeah, you can try that, but I still don't know if it's going to work. The kingdom of heaven isn't like that. We also live in a culture that is trying to kind of judge who's wheat and who's tares, right? This person's wheat, obviously, because they X, Y, Z thing. And this person's obviously tares because they don't see the things the same way I do. God, and, and remember, we talked about this a month ago in our, in our series about hard questions. Man, it is not our job to judge that. I don't even think it's our job to be like, huh, I wonder if they're in or out. I think it's our job to love. I think it's our job to influence. It's our job to be like Christ, to be the best we, we can, right? And we live in a culture that wants to judge. I've never heard in, the last, in my life, over the last five years, more like, you're a false teacher, not, not by me, obviously, um, <laughs> or you're a false prophet, or you're not a real Christian, or these are nominal Christians, or you're this or that. And I'm like, who gives you the right to say that? Are you Jesus? Do you know what's going on in my heart or in this person's heart? Do you know what this subculture of the cult that we think is like way not Christian, do we know what's going on in their heart and how they're encountering God? And God's like, chill. I got this. I know the enemy has sown weeds. And I think sometimes we've seen things growing and it might not look the same way. But remember, the weeds and the tares looked exactly the same till the end. It's not our job to judge. I, I don't accuse any of that here. I just, like, but we, we, we talk to people, we see people that live in this kind of like, well, they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. And that's like so contrary to Christ's heart. That was the Pharisee. If you do this and this and this, then you've made it. And then Jesus came and was like, nope. That's the Greek word for it. <laughs> and what's his warning? If you try to pull the weeds now, you will pull out the wheat. And there's people, and, and we've all been there, who, we've, who have 
a group of people who have been marginalized and hated, or because they have this worldview, they don't, aren't loved, like, or they can't be Christians, or because they didn't ha- grow up the way I did, they can't be. And we've been like, yeah, that's right, and it's hurt other people, and it's, we've damaged wheat. What we've done is we've damaged each other. And we've damaged people that are, that are just like trying to figure it out, right? Because remember, the whole world has the seed and truth of God in, inside of them. Romans chapter 1. Go read it. They suppress the truth. They don't understand it yet. Man, as, are, are we ones? Like, go to the master. Go get rid of all the wheat, the weeds. Go get them. Let's get rid of these sinners out of my sight. And God's like, that's not what the kingdom's like. The kingdom is a growing together. So life's not perfect. There's no promise of perfection. And God is not surprised by the imperfections. He is totally fine. He knows what the enemy has done. And notice he isn't like, look at these weeds. They're awful. Who does God point his wrath and his frustration and his anger to? The enemy. Not to the weeds. So when you want to judge or put your... You know, you want to say, oh, this part of the political climate or this person, man, God never does that. When Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't be like, Adam and Eve, how dare you? You are terrible. I made you. How could you? He said, Satan, what have you done? So let's just let go of the perfection mentality. Guess what's coming? Heaven. That's going to be perfect. And we get to live amongst the weeds. That's the second thing. We cannot separate ourselves from the weeds. Are we doing okay here? Oof, it's kind of tight, tense right now. Augustine says when he talks about this, he's like, don't forget, in the kingdom, weeds can become wheat. Like the natural, no, but in the kingdom, weeds can become wheat. Jesus says this in, in John 17. My prayer is that you will not take them out of the world. This is God talking to his father about his followers. That's us. My prayer is not that you take us out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I have not, I'm not of it, but sanctify them by the truth, the word of truth. Sanctify is like being transformed. It's a continuation process. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Also, for them, for them, I sanctify myself so that too many will be truly sanctified. So Jesus' ministry was not that all of a sudden we got this thing and now we can get rid of all the weeds and we just put this beautiful field all together in perfection. It's never part of the plan. He says, I, your prayer should not be take me out of this culture. Your prayer should be protect me from the evil one. Your prayer should be transform my heart. Jesus says the, tr- the, the field that we live in should have weeds and should have wheat. I was talking to a friend the other day. I'm like, oh, they moved into a new neighborhood. And he was like, he's like, oh, yeah, we, we moved in this new neighborhood. It's great. All of my neighbors are Christians. Oh, it's so great. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> and boring. <laughs> Just kidding. And I was like trying to be like, cool, man. And I was like, really? <laughs> but that's, man, I... So I grew up in the 80s and 90s, right? It was all about, like, keep sin away and protect and, like, only have Christian friends. And as youth pastors, like, who are your Christian friends? Don't be unequally yoked, even though no one knows what that actually means. And, like, 
and so we've like thought like, man, our job is to not be, to separate ourselves, to show that we can be, uh, show how holy we, we are. Jesus is like, that's never the point. It's like, you are where, if you are the only Christian in your work, if you're the only follower of Jesus where you work, do you realize the reason for that? Do you realize that you have an opportunity? Just like he says, man, weeds can become wheat. In the kingdom, weeds can become wheat. And I think we should adamantly reject the urge to surround ourselves only with people that think the same way. I think that's so anti-kingdom. I think we should reject this push in our political climate to make everything safe and protected and okay. I think we should reject that. Because the wheat and the weeds are living together. And there's a purpose. And our job is not to, oh gosh, the world is so scary. Our job is to shine like the sun in the glory of our Father. For people, for people that just need to know who God really is and have been told their whole life, you're a weed. Have just in their face their whole life, you are a weed, and if you could be like me, then you'd be good. And all the weeds in my, weeds in my life have tried to get the weed out of there. And she's like, that's not the kingdom. It will work out. God is just. There will be judgment. God will reveal himself to all people. Some will be sons of the enemy who will adamantly reject God, and that's clear. And that, it'll work itself out. Trust me. You're not God. I'm not God. Let him do it. My job is to show people what it means to be like Jesus. And so if you, if you, if you go on your whatever news station you like, you're like, oh, if we could just get this guy in there, then we could have our Judeo-Christian worldview back. Listen. I shouldn't say this. We are not of this world. We are part of a kingdom. And the less worldview people have around us, sometimes the better, because we can help shape them into who Christ wants them to be. And what happens is we cling to our worldview and we think everyone should have our worldview always and we don't honestly know what that means because a lot of times someone's worldview isn't evil but we just think it is. It's just different. And God just says, man, the kingdom's not like that. The kingdom is wheat and tares. It's all together. I'll work it out. Your job is to grow together. And our job is that wheat, weeds can become wheat. And Jesus is very clear. He doesn't promise perfection. He doesn't promise it's going to be easy. And he doesn't even want us to honestly change our culture. Do you realize, like, even, like, sociology-wise, you can't change a culture? But what can you do? We change hearts. We, cha- we, try, we connect to people. We love them. We see people come to know who Christ is and then c- become who God's always wanted them to be. So my heart for you, especially in this political climate and what's going on in the world, this week we had, there was two or three celebrities that committed suicide, right? And uh, there's also an article that since 1999, I graduated from high school in 1999. Go Patriots. That's Century Patriots. Um, uh, the suicide rate has gone up 30% in 20 years. 30%. And we're just trying to figure out who's wheat and weeds. 
It's obviously not working. No matter who's in office, no matter what side of the aisle or what color shirt you wear, it's obviously not helping. No matter how politically correct we try to be, or how, I mean, and those things are bad, you know, the only thing that transforms is people encountering Jesus. It's the only thing. And it just breaks my heart that we're so caught up in some of this stuff. When people are just dying and struggling and hurting. So if you're the only wheat around a bunch of weeds, rejoice. God has called you worthy to help turn weeds into wheat. He's counted you worthy. He trusts you enough right now where you are today to have the right things to say, to portray the love and life of Jesus, to show, to, even in your ignorance and even in your lack of understanding of what this book would mean, it's okay, like, but he counts you worthy. He says, I put you there for a reason. I have you there. Please be light, be salt, be ambassadors, be my voice. Tell my story. Tell your story. It's, it's going to be great. Don't worry about who's in, who's out. Just be there. Be wheat. Are we okay? Last one. You guys want to come up? Um, this, is a, this is a big one. Uh, remember that the enemy sows seeds. So in some way, I think this, this uh, parable, as much as it's like, should be, ref- it's, I don't know, this is refreshing to me. It might seem real heavy, like, oh gosh. But for me, it's so refreshing. Hey, it's not perfect. I want wheat and weeds all around me. Let's just like do this. It's going to be perfect someday. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Heaven. Woo! Anyone excited about that? Heaven? No more back pain. Oh, full head of hair. Gosh. Redemption. I think in a a way also it's a warning. It's a warning. It's a warning for us to remind us. Do not be ignorant of this. The Lord sows good seeds, but the enemy sows seeds, right? And one of the things that can derail us and, and, and mess us up is when we take a seed that was meant, that was given by the enemy, and we're like, put it right here. And we let it grow. And what it does is it takes our identity, this thing that God's given us, this renewed identity of being set free and being healed and restored, and the joy of the Lord is our strength, and regardless of the circumstances, it never changes. But then the enemy sows seeds, and we, and we, and sometimes we let it go in our hearts. Anybody have that happen? I was like 28 years old before I realized that this thing I would say and think of myself uh, was like so from the devil. And it just, I let it ingrain into my enemy, into my identity. Uh, Proverbs says this. This is not just for purity for high school kids. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your soil. More, than, more important than anything you do internally. The reason why we read the word and we pray and we worship and all this stuff is to keep our soil good and black and rich with nutrients and ready to grow. Above all else, guard your heart for everything flows out of it. And James 4 says, Submit yourself then to, the, to God to resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
if you come to, near to God, he will come near to you. The next thing that got cut off on the screen, but it says, just repent. Remember, repent's not like, repent, sinner, you're terrible, right? Repent is turn. And so we're going to pray. My prayer for you is that the thing that's so tragic about us as followers of Jesus is when we let seeds not sown by God grow in our hearts. And you know what those things are? Those are like the, the things that play in your brain, you know, when you wake up. Man, I'm just not good enough. Oh, man, I'm just such a loser. I am worthless. God can't use me. I don't deserve the good things of God. Whatever those things are, anybody have that? That's just seed that was sown by the enemy that no longer belongs there. So let's pray. Jesus, would you just right now make your presence known in every heart? That we say, above all else, we want to guard our hearts, Lord. And God, I pray right now, first, with every eye closed, that, that you would bring to mind an area or maybe a sentence or saying we say by ourselves that's a seed planted by the enemy that's not meant to be in our hearts. God, show and reveal that now through your Holy Spirit right now. Just take a couple seconds. God, show us. Maybe it's that you feel like you're second rate. Maybe you feel like you're just left over. Maybe you see the litany of things that have gone on in your life and you're like, God cannot use someone who's been through this. Or maybe you just see nothingness and you don't know how, what's God going to do. God, would you just reveal that now? just with everyone uh, in the state of prayer, God, we're going to pray something together. I want everyone to pray this. Repeat after me. Ask God to heal this area. So, let's pray together. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would remove the lie of the enemy, the seed of the enemy that has grown in my heart, that has warped my identity, that has distorted my view of you, that has stolen my joy and my purpose. Remove it now in the name of Jesus and heal it and replace it with your good seed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we just give you this morning and these people, God, who you love so dearly, Lord, and, and how you've, you've put them in places, God, that, that you just want them to help turn uh, weeds into wheat and to, and to show your love in your life, God. You're going to provide for them. You're going to take care of them. God, we just ask just for a renewing of who they are in you right now, God. Would you do that? Would you take out that, that, that seed or that plant that keeps coming up in our hearts, Lord? Thank you that you don't require perfection, God. You don't want to separate us from this world, God, but you want to use us right where we're at. So, God, would you do that now? Would you do that now? So, Father, thank you for this time. Why don't we stand together? We're going to sing. So when you have things that God has done, solidify it in worship, right? One time I was watching a, a construction site, and they were putting the rebar down, right? And they were sort of pour the concrete. And he's like, the rebar is my truth. That's what holds it together. And worship 
is the cement that seals it in forever. Amen? So when we worship, it's not just great, these songs are beautiful, and you guys sound great. It's that this solidifies what God is doing. And it's a step of faith, like, I need to worship now. I need to sing. I need to cement these words in, in me so I can go and be wheat to the world. So let's sing this together.